You're listening to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Now here's your host, David and Jeff. Hello everyone and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David and with me as always is... Jeff! How are you doing today, Jeff? I am just wonderful. How are you, David? I'm doing fantastic. Um... Two great episodes of Survivor. We weren't able to podcast last week, but we're going to be talking about both of them this week. Unfortunately, spoiler alert, we lost an entire couple in this past two weeks. Back yes. It's, as almost, it's almost as if they never existed. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed, especially the second one. I was hoping Dale could make it to the merge, but uh, alas... It wasn't meant to be. Uh, it's, I think the merge is going to be really crazy, though. I think there's enough connections with a lot of people that uh, I have. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I I agree. I think there's just so much, so many dynamics. I really wish we could have watched at least one Hunapu Tribal Council, but I think Hunapu not going to Tribal Council is probably going to make the merge episode better. Well, Hunapu went once. Remember they got. I mean the new. I mean the new configuration yeah. of Hunapu. You mean new up? New, new. Say it again. New Napu. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we're going to be talking about those episodes. We're also going to be doing another uh, Survivor draft uh, later on. But before we do that, we are going to have uh, a list, and we're going to be doing the top five. Fake or non-existent idol moves. In honor of Dale trying really hard, uh, and I thought he played it very well. Like, I thought he did as much as he could to try to See, I agree game. with you until the very end. Offering his idol to John, though, told, him, told John that he wasn't going to play the idol. And so then John knew that he could vote him off safely. Hmm. That's my, that's my only thing. I think he was doing a good job up until that point, though. For me, I think they were going to split it between him and Keith anyways, whether or not he told them. That's fair. I think, I think they were always going to split it majority on him, others for Keith. Oh, you play your idol? Oh, well, Keith is gone. You know, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I honestly don't think he had that much to lose. But we can talk about that more in a minute. So... Let's get to our top five. I think I will be starting uh, this one. Uh, so, fake or non-existent idol moves. Uh, number five, I had to give it to the person who was the first one to have a uh, fake idol move, and that would be Yao Man Chan from Survivor Fiji. Uh, he made a fake idol and put it, buried it where the he got the original idol. It never came to be. Uh, no one ever dug it up, no one ever found it, but I do think it was a very clever strategy. I think him doing that set up a lot of great moves in the future seasons as well, people uh, seeing, oh yeah, you can create these fake idols. And I can say that it was it was not a great looking fake idol, but it was not the worst looking fake idol. <laughs> there are, have been worse, that is true. Yeah. So, um, uh, number five for me, was that on your list, Jeff? It was on the list. Was it higher up? I didn't really have them numbered yet, but it, it would have probably been a little bit higher, yes. 
Hmm. Well, you get to do number four. Number four. I'm going to put number four. I'm going to give it to the man who fooled Mr. Idol. Um, it didn't cause him to be voted out. However, it put his mind specifically. Um, Rupert, when he put the idol in his, or he put the rock, excuse me, in his pocket, um, really just gave us a great survivor moment because you had a bunch of confessionals where Russell was like, I know what an idol looks like, and that's that's an idol. Yeah. And uh, things like that. So strategy-wise, it didn't really end up working for him, uh, although I think they did end up splitting the votes between him and, was it Sandra in that tribal council? But, uh, or maybe him and Cole. But that being said... It, uh, it was a good Survivor moment, and it worked for at least a small amount of time. Like, there was at least a point in time in which that alliance considered not voting for him because of the idol. Yeah. Didn't that save him a week? Was that in the final seven that he did it, or was it in the final six that he did it? I thought it was the final seven, or final six. Yes, it was, because they had a new idol in week six... And Sandra found it, and Sandra played at that tribal council, so it was a 4-0 vote because Sandra canceled her two votes, or the two votes that were against her. Gotcha. I'm fairly certain. Okay. All right. Uh, We'll move on to number three, then. For me, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to give this one to Dale. And uh, him attempting, like we said, uh, it didn't work. It wasn't successful. But I think he played it as well as he could have if you have a fake idol trying to get someone on your side when you have no numbers whatsoever. Uh, I thought about considering Jamie from Survivor China, but I didn't really think it was a move. Like, she didn't have really a move. It was just she stumbled across an idol and played it poorly. <laughs> I mistakenly played it. So I, I'm going to give it to Dale here, because his was an actual move. He was attempting to to make a move. Yeah. Um, I, well, by, by the way, I do want to say I, I, am stand, I do stand corrected. Uh, Rupert's idol did indeed save himself. They ended up splitting, splitting the vote between him and uh, between Rupert and Danielle, and it saved him for a week. So you were correct. I, I was incorrect. It was a very smart move. Good job, Rupert. Because I had Rupert actually at number one. Um because I had remembered that uh, his his was the only one that literally saved him. It was a move that saved him. All the other idol moves, most of them were from people in power. Or in the case of Dale, you know, it didn't work. So, Right. But I'm happy Rupert's at least on the list. You have number okay, two. So my next one, number two. Um... You're essentially choosing my number one here, Jeff. Yeah, there are really two that you could do. At least I think. I'm going to say that the number two... I'm going to switch things up. I'm going to give you the number four. I'm going to put Rupert at number two. Okay. Because it saved him, I was mistaken. I think Rupert's was a better move than I originally gave it credit for because it did save him. Is that fair? No, that's perfectly fair. Okay, so number four then, we're going to backtrack. I'm going to give number four to uh, Abby Maria, who 
in Survivor Philippines, got won the auction game advantage. There was, an, you know, Jeff Probst auctions off an advantage in the game. The advantage was that she would skip the first two parts of the immunity challenge and go straight to the three, the final part of the immunity challenge. However, when she was reading the clue, she said that there were two parts to the clue and that she wasn't going to read the second part, thus giving off the illusion that perhaps it was an idle clue, which she may or may not have found the idle to. So I feel like that was smart. Um, I'm not. I'm struggling with episode numbering and to figure out. I don't think she. She definitely didn't go home that episode because I know that Carter ended up winning that immunity challenge and he went home before she did. So I know that she didn't go home that episode. I'm not sure whether or not that was what was sa- that was what saved her or not. But I felt like that was a pretty smart move. It was a good way to use that sort of kind of mystery around the uh, advantage, though. Yeah. Well, that leaves me with... I, I wasn't thinking you were thinking Abby Maria, so that leaves me with two uh, really huge episodes that revolved around a fake idol. Um, so then, for me, I guess it's which one was an actual move, more or less. Which is, assuming that we're, con- that we're thinking of the same two, I agree with you, but one of them in my mind wasn't a move as much as the other one was. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to go with Bob and his, uh, his very well-crafted fake Hidden Immunity Idol and using that to, can, you know, to trick Randy and to publicly humiliate him on his way out of Survivor. You couldn't agree more. Okay. Because publicly humiliating Randy put Bob on Sugar's side. And I think that's honestly what ended up making, like, giving Bob and Sugar the connection to the point where she was willing to tie the final four vote. I honestly believe that. Yeah. The other one, I mean, it was a move for Ozzy to make a dumb little one, but he was laughing like no one would ever actually buy this anyways. And the 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 fact that what made it so great is that someone actually did buy it and believe that this was a big thing. But it wasn't really a, a conscious move on anyone's part. Eliza was shaking her head before she even handed it to her, to Jeff and uh, everything. So while that is a great idle moment, a fake idle moment, just like Jamie's, it's maybe not an idle move. Right. It gives but, us a uh, great James confessional, but other than that... Yeah, but uh, just like it it wouldn't have been an idle move if Bob had just made it, but the fact that they had used the idol Bob made to trick Randy and to have this sort of uh, plot to just make him look like an idiot <laughs> um, really uh, moved it to number one. So, yeah, I, I agree. Like Number five, Yao Man Chan and his uh, fake idol being the first. Number four, Abby Maria sort of implying that she got clues to another idol. Uh, number three was... What was it? Now I spaced out. You, you picked it. Um, yeah, it's Dale. Number three was Dale. Um Number two was Rupert, and number one was Bob. So there you go. 
All right. Well, why don't we move on and talk about these past two episodes? Let's first start with uh, the episode where Kelly went home. This was our first episode of the Tribe Swap. What did you think of this whole Tribe Swap, Jeff? I thought it was interesting the way that it worked out. I mean, with three couples and one single, and then, of course, um, what is it, five singles and one couple? Yeah. I thought that that was a really interesting dynamic, and I'm really interested. I mean, I was really interested to see how it would work out, and it worked about as as much as it, it as you would expect it to. In which the one single meant literally nothing. I mean, what Keith did was so inconsequential to the scope of what else was happening on Koyopa that, um, and that's exactly what you'd expect because obviously the couples aren't going to split up and be either a four-three or a five-two depending on what Keith does. Unless, of course, they decide to vote Keith off unanimously. Um, now, it's a little bit more. It was a little bit more interesting on Hunapu because you have a couple, and also the dynamics that Reed, you know, still has relationships with uh, people on the Hunapu side. So I felt like, and Josh still has relationships with people on the Koyopa side. So I felt like that was that added a little bit more interest than the um, Koyopa alliance. Obviously, we didn't really ever get to see that come to fruition, but... Yeah. Um, I thought it, there was a lot of uh, interesting things, but yeah, it's interesting how it worked out that way, whereas we mentioned this last podcast, but the last time they did a tribe swap, there was only one pair that was together still, even through the, uh, the swap. And this one, we had all but one pair to <laughs> together. So it was like almost the exact opposite, which is really interesting. And and the fact to have one tribe loaded with pairs and the other one to be loaded with singles is also quite interesting. Um, I was perfectly fine. They didn't have an Excel Island slash reward challenge. I didn't need that. Um, and even, even this most recent episode, it was like, well, now we're just choose your strongest member. Now we're just having a reward challenge for one person on each tribe. You know, there's no absolutely no emotional ties to anything at all. So it's uh, it will be interesting to see what happens now that they merge. Yeah, are they actually going to do reward challenges? Are they going to try to incorporate Exile Island? Still, we don't really know. Yeah, are they having duels? for reward challenges, but they're individual. Like, I'm not entirely... Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But uh, I'm still under the impression that this whole Excel Island with the duels thing was not that great for me. I would probably agree. I thought it was... You know, Excel Island can be interesting when you're bringing one person from each tribe, that way to build more bonds with, you know, people of opposite tribes, switch things up. But... The duels, I don't think, was the best way to utilize it. Yeah, I definitely agree. But, um, yeah, I think what really surprised me about uh, Kelly's boot was that she went home before Dale. Like, I, I thought they would have gotten rid of Dale because from watching it, he was the center of the conflict in the episode. Right, and I'm tr still trying to figure out, I'm thinking maybe they did that because they knew that Kelly was capable of distancing herself from Dale once he went home. Like, maybe they thought Kelly would be able to make inroads with, like, Keith or something. Maybe her player. Maybe John still didn't like Kelly from from her kind of 
issues with Drew. I'm not really sure why they did that. Granted, I think that was a better move. I do honestly believe that getting rid of Kelly, I think Kelly was a smart player and kind of understood the game um, better than her dad did. And so I think that was probably in the end a smart move. That being said, I think Dale, you know, when his back was up against corner, he played very well. You know. Yeah, again, I thought he played well until he said that he would give John the idol. That was where I had to distance myself a little bit because I felt like that was telling John that he wasn't going to play it. Yeah. Either or. Like I said, to me, I don't think he was going to... I think they were going to split it 3-2 anyways. But Yeah. Because even if he voted for Keith, it's 3-3, doesn't matter at all. You know? Right. But if it's if they did do 3 on Keith and he voted Keith well as well, now it's 4-2, and let's say he didn't, you know, play the idol, then, then Keith is going home instead of... Dale when and he would still have an idol potentially. So I think they were always going to do three on Dale, two on Keith. So I honestly don't think he had anything to lose by by offering that up because obviously he couldn't actually play an idol. So right. And yeah, I don't think they were all going to target Keith. That's just my opinion. But anyways, with Kelly, what I heard uh, through interviews is that. When, when Drew was getting voted out, she was actually trying to campaign and get John out instead. Uh, and she, okay. she had talked to other people, and apparently Missy told John, because they're sort of close. So I think that both Missy and John did not really trust Kelly. So she did not really have good relationships with either of those two people. So it just so happened that, you know, while they were on the same tribe together, she got some of the <laughs> the worst people to be, you know, from her original tribe with, because they were she, the person that she was targeting, and the person who told the person <laughs> that she was targeting him. So, so, uh, and then Dale had issues with Baylor, so I think they, those two, were just uh, sunk pretty much from the beginning of that tribe. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But just from watching the episode, though, yeah, it. I don't know, to me it looked like, oh, Dale's going home, he's creating all this conflict, they're annoyed with Dale, they're going to get Dale out. I agree with you that it was probably a smarter move to get rid of Kelly, and knowing that background information, well, it makes more sense if people don't trust Kelly. You know, while Dale may be annoying, they usually know where he stands, where people may think Kelly's a little more mischievous. Well, and it calls into question the narrative that we were fed during the episode, which was that John, Jacqueline, Missy, Baylor got upset with Dale over the rice issue, and so they voted out his daughter. Yeah. What we were told based on the editing, which yeah. I understand because that's a really that's a lot to develop in two in two episodes. Just that issue with John and Jacqueline, and then yeah, and since with the tribe swap, it might be hard for people to follow. But you know, yeah. What do you think of? Uh, Koyopa losing all these challenges still. I don't know. I mean, it. It called. Maybe some people just suck at like suck at survivor challenges. Like if your name is Russell Swan, Oolong, or Koyopa, 
You just are horrible at survivor challenges. That's just your lot in life. What was the what was the immunity challenge during when Kelly got out? Oh jeez. Um I'll look it up really quickly. Um I know that I know that there was a lot of controversy, at least in the Survivor page that I was looking at, over picking Baylor for the reward challenge in this last episode, which really upset me because I felt like people were like, they said pick your strongest member, why'd they pick Baylor? And of course it was um, a nimbleness challenge, so John wouldn't have been good at it. But um, Oh, it was the shaking the pole and throwing the sandbags on the platform. Oh, yeah. Which was an, a weird kind of interesting new challenge that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, it was interesting. Because I feel like getting those sandbags on that wobbly platform would actually be really difficult. Yeah. No, it, it was it was uh, entertaining. I was just trying to remember. Yeah, Hunapu was ahead pretty much the whole time with that one. Yeah. Yeah, not like this past episode where they came from behind. But... Yeah, I think Koyopa not good with puzzles. That's what it seems like, for sure. Yeah. Even though, uh, who was it? It was John and Missy were working on the puzzle for this last challenge, the immunity yeah. challenge. They were doing a really good job through, like, the first four things, which you would think would be the hardest for because you have the most yeah. pieces to choose from. Yeah. And they, like, had them up, you know, almost immediately, but then for some reason that... They literally one. tried every piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Something going on. What do you think of uh, of John and Jacqueline? I like Jacqueline a lot more now that she's being shown. <laughs> I don't mean that in, like, a physical way. But that's how David's taking it, apparently. No, I was just like, well, of course you like her. Like you can't, you can't like her at all if they never show her. Oh, I thought you were making a joke about her appearance. No. Um, John, I'm a little bit more indifferent to. He's, I don't know. He's like fine. I don't know. I feel very neutral about a lot of the people in this season for some reason. Like I don't. I love the season. I absolutely love the season, but for some reason on the cast, there are very few people who I'm, like, super for or super against. Interesting. Yeah, John's someone who, you know, going in the preview, I did not have high hopes for him, so he's definitely exceeded my expectations. As he's a pretty interesting character. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see him sort of play, and he seems to always be in the middle of everything. Um... But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Do you think that they are going to be able to stay on top, or do you think that they are merge comes, they're going to be on the wrong side of the numbers? I think that the couples will be able to stay on top. So do you think all the couples are going to stay together? Maybe not Wes and Keith, but I think for the most part, yes. So you think the other three all are? Those three for sure, yeah. It's interesting on uh, POS, previously on Survivor, I saw someone had a little flow chart of everyone's alliances and relationships to another. And it was surprising to me because the one who, the two that were sort of out on their own were actually Josh and Reed, and they didn't really have nearly as many in-connections 
as everyone else was did. Yeah, but that just makes them valuable in my mind. It could very well. Let's talk about winners edit. Um, hopefully, at some point we can have the JML Justin back on. Uh, but for me, I thought Josh was getting a pretty positive winners edit for a while there. But the past two episodes, he's really been pretty non-existent. You know, I think this past episode Reed got well, more. See, I don't think that's necessarily true. I agree with you that his first four episodes were phenomenal. I mean, he got, for in terms of winners at it, right, because he got three three really good episodes and then one kind of cool-down episode, which is really common for a winner to have, early on, have, a, have an episode where they're not shown as much, right, kind yeah. of throw, throw a wrench into things. But these last, how many episodes? Two. While he hasn't been shown as much, they're still showing them even though he's not necessarily relevant, which to me points to the fact that they still want him to be in our minds. At least that's how I see it. Hmm. Like, I, I have it more like he's around, but it's more just people talking about how coupley they are, you know, and it's less about we're not hearing his his thoughts and strategy as much anymore. Does that make sense? Right, and I get that. Um, I'm thinking, though, like, the episode five, you showed kind of the, the montage about him, him and Reed's relationship and how they were such a, you know, Reed was such a big influence on his life and Reed was the only person he was ever able to be with and come out to his parents with and things like that. And then this last episode, you didn't really see him too much, but you got to see, didn't we show his thoughts on the rice issue? And um, and Reed was shown maybe a little bit more. Which is the first, because this, this past episode was the most we've ever seen of Reed. Yeah. I think, to me, what that shows is that Josh isn't involved in the strategy right now. I honestly believe that that's probably slightly true. Um, and obviously an edit can't show more than what's true. Um, yeah. And so, because there there's not much strategy to show of him, they're sh they're giving us what what they can in order to con continue his relevance. Yeah. Another person who I thought had a pretty good winners at it, and then the past few episodes he's just been a big negative Nancy. Is Jeremy like all yeah. they've shown in the past two episodes is just him complaining all the time? Yeah. And see, the weird thing, the thing that I see with Jeremy is um, not only is he a negative in the last couple episodes, almost every confessional that Jeremy's had has had something weird about it. So he's been sitting in a different way. The camera angle has been weird. He's talking in a weird way. Almost every confessional he's had has had something kind of weird and unique that you don't usually see. And to me, that points to a couple of things. Either they're trying to do something different with him that they haven't done before, or, I don't know if this is how Survivor works, I'd have to ask a contestant, he gets very emotional and asks to do a confessional in the moment, so they have to set it up wherever they can. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it points to one of those two things. Either he's doing his confessionals emotionally, which would indicate that he's kind of an emotional, erratic player, or they're trying something different with 
with him. Both of them, both of those things would point to something weird about Jeremy, and like he's either going to go out in a weird way, or they want him to be a seminal character or something. I don't understand it, but yeah. it's interesting. Just from the ad, I was thinking that he could have gone out last episode if his tribe would have lost. I was. Sort I of think happy. I probably think that's accurate. Because Jer- uh, Jeremy's probably one of my favorites, and I'm actually rooting for him a lot. But it's just, uh, you know, he's all we saw of him this episode was just complaining. Like two episodes ago, it was pretty good. Like he had the strategy of taking Alex over his firehouse strategy. That one was all right. But this episode was just like, let's rail on the everyone because they want rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you look at the the preview for the next episode, the two really people, the people that they're really showing in that preview are Jeremy and Josh. And yeah. so... I'm really interested to see. Are they going to be like leaders of opposing alliances? Are they going to be, um, you know, what, whatever? I I was kind of thinking about it, and I think it would be really cool to have three equal three-way alliances or four-person alliances. Um, and I I made them up. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head though. I think it was like Missy and Baylor with John and Jacqueline, Josh and Reed with. West and Keith, and then the singles together. Now, is that going to happen? Probably not. But I think that would be really interesting. Apparently, uh, I saw this online too. That this last episode, one of the confessionals John gave was actually he was wearing the merged buff color. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did hear about that. I think it was the one saying, you know, we're we're in the middle again and have to make a choice or something, you know. Which is interesting because if right. that happens next episode as well, mm-hmm. what I I guess I'm just curious of who the who are they in the middle with? Maybe the I don't know the mm-hmm. couple or I don't know. Yeah, no, that is interesting. But uh, let's see, anything else to talk about? What do you think what did of, you think of the bartering? What? What did you think of the bartering? Ah, yes. Let's talk about that. I know a lot of people are giving them crap and a hard uh, time for making the deal and giving up all their stuff for rice. And I would say if this was in the Philippines or Samoa or any tropical island, then they would be dumb to do that because you have coconuts and you have lots of things to survive. But they're in Nicaragua where they literally have nothing. There's no fruit. There's no coconuts. So without the rice, they, they honestly, and the fishing, obviously, they're not catching any fish or anything. So they're literally left with nothing. So it's a little more of like I understand the necessity of taking the rice um, just because, uh, you know, they, this the where the, the location they're at is a little more desolate than a lot of uh, other recent locations. At the same time, though, you got to think... We're going to be merging soon, and if the mer- if at the merge all of us do not have enough rice, they're going to put a bag of rice in our merge stuff. You know, that's what I would be thinking. So, yeah. like, hold out for three more days, and then look, and then you can still keep your tarp and everything else. Yeah, at a certain point, you got to be playing the meta game with yourself and think like, what are the producers thinking, and what are they going to do? Um, in, in this instance, and I think you're—I think you hit the nail on the head. 
when the merge comes, if neither team has rice, there's probably going to be rice. Yeah. Um, here's another thought. What uh, What do you think of Julie breaking down? A lot of people are speculating, oh, she's going to be quitting soon. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I don't know. I mean, had she gone to Exile Island, would she have quit? Was that what Reed was going for? Did Reed know that Julie was breaking down? Who knows? Uh, I all I know is that Survivor is hard, and that's the, that's it's meant to be hard, and people quit because it is hard. So I mean, I can't be. I'm not like mad at her or anything, but you know, you gotta you gotta make it through, right? I don't. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Do you think she's going to quit? That seems too easy. It seems like the person, in my opinion, the person who's going to quit is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a one-episode story arc. Otherwise, they wouldn't have told us that someone was going to quit. Well, I, that, I guess I didn't see. I don't remember fully. This is coming from that clip after the first episode, right? Of this season on Survivor. Yeah. Because I guess for me, when watching Real Briefly, my thought was that it was a medical evacuation. But did he say quitting? Yeah, he said, so So what you're telling me is that you're... I think it's, so what you're telling me is that you're quitting the game. Okay. I can look it up. I have an exact quote up here, though. Um, but based on phrasing, I guess it could be... I think it was pulling yourself from, which could, could be a... Uh, pulling yourself from the game. Okay. I think that's what it was. But maybe that's where I got a uh, medical thing, because, you had, like, with Dana, she technically pulled herself from the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'll look it up here really quickly. Because for some reason, when first watching, my, my mind went to medical evacuation, but obviously um, I only saw it once. I didn't really study it. So, yeah, it's probably more of a... It could be pulling yourself, which, yeah, would be more of a quick. So, who speculations do you think anyone else would pull themselves from the game? Right now, well, no. Oh, here it is. And the quote is officially you're quitting the game. Oh. So it, it is. The other things that we still have, uh, the other things that we still haven't seen, I have like a, a list of the quotes from the super preview. Uh, Keith at one point says, I've done the worst thing in Survivor history. Huh. John says, somebody's got the idol and we're going to burn it. Keith says, I'm glad he's gone. And Jeff says, you just lost a member. And then Josh says, we're going to fight to the end. And those are the ones that we haven't seen yet. You just lost a member? Yeah, so that could be from the quit. That, it makes it seem like that, that almost, maybe that was already said or something. Because if we're merging, they're not like losing a member, you know, like it's all individual at this point. That's true. He may have said it after Tribal Council. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that one may have already been said. This was also, the list that I'm looking at was is a week or two weeks old, so maybe that one was said in the last couple episodes. Gotcha. But, uh, well, let's go through the list. Jeremy, I don't think there's any chance that he quits. Correct. Natalie, I don't think there's any chance that she quits. I would agree. 
Alec, I don't, I don't really see Alec quitting. I probably agree. Um, Wes, I don't really see Wes quitting. Josh, I see it only in like the most dire circumstances. Yeah. Because he is uh, very young. He's only 21. So. Josh and Reed, I don't see either of them quitting. There's been a lot of speculation that Reed is the one who quits, and I don't know where it's coming from, but that has been something people have been talking about. I don't see it either. Huh. Um, but, I again, I don't know if that's based on anything factual or just the fact that people think Reed's going to quit. Julie, strong possibility. It was... Yeah, so... I, again, I don't know where it's coming from. The other huge possibility to me, the one that I think may even be more likely than Julie, is John, and something happens to his dad. Yeah, I feel like though they wouldn't have let us let us let it go to rest. So I mean, for so long, I feel like that would be a storyline they keep coming back to if that was the case. But Maybe. I could be wrong. And and that would be one of those justifiable quits but be one where if he's leaving to actually go be with his family or his father's doing really bad or already passed away, then he's not going to be a part of the jury. Right. Well, it could also be like if someone comes for the family visit, like if his mom comes for the family visit and says, like, your dad's health has fallen in the last couple weeks, he yeah. may pull himself at that point. Too. Yeah, that would be a, a really, that, that may be it. So that could be uh could be something like that. In which case you wonder, hmm, would would Jacqueline go with him, you know, sort of a thing. Yeah. If she's still in the game. Yeah. Well even if she's not, she'd still oh, be able yeah. to Good point. You know, and I mean if you're leaving the actual country, you're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. So but lots of speculation. Uh, oh, going through the rest of the other tribe, let's see. Misty or Baylor, off chance, but not real great. Yeah, I agree. Jacqueline, like I said, I can really only see it if if John is going, then she may go with him, sort of a thing. But, yeah. And Keith, no. <laughs> I don't think, I think Keith would stay out there for another 39 days if it meant he could win. Yeah. <laughs> I think Keith is good, so... Uh, what did you think of Natalie's decision to volunteer to go to exile? I thought that was a pretty smart move. I think it was strategic, not only because it gained something with Baylor, but because it made Reed reveal who he was going to send before she did it. Like, he said Julie, and she goes, well, I was going to volunteer. So now everyone knows that Reed was going to send Julie. Natalie still gets to go to Exile Island, so now there's some dissension among Julie and Reed. Also among Reed and Natalie, it's it's alienating him, and I thought that was a smart move. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, if like she said, this can help her with with uh, with Missy and Baylor. So even if her and Jeremy end up on the wrong side of the numbers, she'll probably be able to last a little longer. You know, maybe they'll use her in the future, um, which could always be beneficial to her. So I thought it was a smart move. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people have been saying this online, and I agree with them. 120, much better than 220. <laughs> yeah, Natalie's great. And I don't know if it's yeah. Natalie or if it's, there's only one of them, but Natalie's great. 
Well, yeah, after this episode, everyone's like saying, does Natalie have a winner's edit? Could she win the game? Like before, no one was even considering that. But this episode uh, really boosted her uh, strategic gameplay, for sure. Yeah. Anything else uh, you have about these past two episodes? Nothing off the top. I'm really excited to see kind of the chaos unfold. I'm really interested to see exactly how they're going to edit so many alliances and connections and things. Yeah. So, gut instinct, who's going home? First out. Jeremy screams merge boot to me, and all of his recent, like, anger things, I think, have been leading up to it. So I think Jeremy might be gone. My gut's saying Jeremy, too. I hope it's not the case. I hope... Uh, I'm really rooting for Jeremy, but yeah, it's not looking good for him. Because you know that if Jeremy goes home, then both of my preseason winner picks defeated both of your preseason winner picks. It's true. It's true. But they still have to actually win the game for you to get lots of uh, credit. You can get slight credit for doing better than me. but Fair. If, if both of them were to make the finale, that would be pretty impressive. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We're going to do another Survivor Draft. This is where Jeff and I each uh, take a tribe. Uh, and this time we're going to do, in honor of Halloween, uh, we're trying to come up with the scariest tribe. So uh, Jeff and I are each going to come up with our scariest Survivor tribe of former contestants. So there's these aren't new people. Um so I think it is your turn to go first, Jeff. How our drafts work is you'll have the first pick of the next two, then you'll have the next two, and so on and so forth. Okay. And let's do tribes of ten. Ten? Tribes of ten, and uh, there's not an official ratio of men to women. Okay. Well, I just want everyone to know that I took this a little bit more jokingly. Maybe I don't know what exactly David's goal was, but I, I tried to make a, a kind of a joke out of it. Um, and that's going to be reflected in some of my picks. So I'm going to pick two guys. No, I only get to pick one right now. I'm going to pick one guy. Um, the first person I'm going to pick in honor of Halloween and the scariest tribe from Survivor Fiji, Boo Burnus. Get it? Because <laughs> his name is Boo. Good one. Good one. And he will sneak up behind you and spy on what you're saying, and then go, boo! <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, Jeff. I like your first pick. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to pick some truly... Uh, first thing, every, every scary tribe needs a good sociopath, so I'm going to choose the one and only Brian Heideck for the first person for my tribe. He was on my short list as well. He's uh, pretty pretty scary. He has, uh, it seems like he has no soul. <laughs> so, um, he, uh, yeah, coldest ice, um, and now we're going to have the ice queen go with him, and we are going to put Natalie Bolton on the tribe as well. To me, she seems like she could just, you know, be in a, a witch's costume, stirring her little pot and cauldron there. Uh, I think these two are uh, very devious and uh, scary together. Yeah. 
Yeah. My next pick, um, I picked because you don't know what she's going to be. Uh, she could be Skeletor. She could be a man. We don't know. And that's why I had to put Trish Crowley Hagerty on my tribe. Uh, and she's quite scary when uh, when she you get on her bad side. She can uh, she can be quite. She can mess you up. Uh, the second person I'm gonna pick this time. Let's see here. Um. Okay, the second person is an honest, like fear for my safety type of scary, and uh, that's Brandon Hans. He was on my list. Uh. Uh, you can have them, though. Brandon has. Yes, that's a pretty scary choice. So, so far, you have Boo, uh, Brandon, and Trish. That's an interesting tribe. <laughs> All right. Next, I'm going to pick Mr. Frankenstein himself, Zane Knight. Zane. Okay. He, he is Frankenstein. I have Frankenstein on your team. It's scary. All right. Um, next one. Oh, I like this boy-girl thing. We're going to go with another uh, a scary female. We're going to go with Corinne Kaplan. Corinne. Okay. So now I get to pick. Corinne is scary with her words, and they may come after you. Yeah. Be very scary with her words. Um, okay, my next pick. I get very scared if I haven't eaten. Just That's just who I am. Yeah. I need to be well fed, because then my mind's in a good place. Additionally, this person likes to refer to himself as either peas or carrots. I'm still not sure which. And, uh... I just can't... I, I think that's a scary thing for a man of his age to be referring to himself as. So uh, Keith Famey's going to be on my list because... I don't know. You could eat that mush and think that it's, like, brains or something. You don't know what he's feeding you, and that's pretty scary. <laughs> What'd you say? That's the strangest pick ever. Keith Famey on your scary survivor tribe. <laughs> All right, who's your next pick? Oh, I get another one right now. Um, this person will cut you with her looks. It's all about the look with her. Okay, she's got the glare down. Especially, I'm going to be intimidating your tribe with my glares because one of the people she'll be staring at or one of the people she did stare at the most is on your tribe. And I'm going to pick Helen Glover. Mm, Helen Glover. All right, all right. I'll have nightmares about her standing at Thai in the jury of Thailand. <laughs> I'm going to pick these two people. They're sort of a pair to me. When just going through, these people sort of remind me of Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bowwinkle, if you're familiar with that. From what? From Rocky and Bowwinkle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're sort of very devious people. Uh, one of them has an accent. And it doesn't always go according to their plan, but they're true villains nonetheless. So I'm going to go with Abby Maria Gomez and Pete Yurkowski from Survivor <laughs> Philippines. That's funny. You and I took totally different approaches to this list, by the way, which is just great. Good. 
So this person that I'm going to pick would regale us with his ghost stories all night, which I think would be pretty scary. And uh, what makes it even scarier is that all of his stories are 100% true, <laughs> which is why I'm going to pick uh, Coach Wade. Okay. And uh, this person... Oh, I don't know which one to pick. I'm afraid that you're going to pick the other one. One, two, three, four, five, six. So I have four more. Okay. This person um, I would be scared of because I'd feel like they escaped from the mental institution. Oh, no, don't take my pick. You can't be upset you waited this long if, if it is this person. Uh, you'd be afraid that they escaped perhaps from the mental institution, and uh, I don't know, just on some people's experience on being with an island, being on an island with them for like 35 days, uh, it does make you uh, question your own insanity or sanity. So I'm gonna pick Shane. Darn it! You took my pick. You waited too long. I waited too long. You waited longer. Yeah, and I still got him. Ha <laughs> ha. He was gonna be my next pick. Uh, I have to pick a different crazy person now. You still have right. plenty. So, since I lost my Shane powers, I'm going to choose two people who uh, can be loud, outspoken, and you don't know exactly what they're going to do. Um, so I'm going to pick Rob Zabotnik from Survivor Thailand and Lisi Linares from Survivor Fiji. Okay. Well, my next pick is someone who, honestly, the only reason I'm picking her is the hair. It's all about the hair. Um, I think if you woke up on an island and this person was next to you, you would just think that you had been lost in a forest of hair. Um, and I'm not saying she's not a wonderful person. She's, she's a wonderful person. I, I would love to see her on Survivor again. It's the hair scares me, though, and that's why I have to pick Kathy Vabrick O'Brien. Hmm. I think in the beginning of Survivor Marquesas, we saw a little bit of her crazy. So, a little scary. Sort of like Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Or she just got electrocuted. <laughs> now my next pick. I'm a little conflicted. There's so many good ones. Uh, I only have two picks left. Okay, I'm going to pick... Oh, yeah, I'm going to pick this person. Um, this person prides themselves on the sneak attack. And I don't appreciate being blindsided like that, whether it be in Survivor or when people are scaring me. So because Philip Shepard prides himself on such such sneak attacks... I have to pick him for my scary tribe. All right. That makes mine a little bit easier. I have two picks left, right in a row. So I only have on my list, I eliminated everyone except one female left. So I'm just going to keep it my male and female ratio even. And I'm going to choose another scary individual, Nayanka Mixon, in my, uh, my tribe. So that leaves me with three people I'm in uh, have contention with. I'll, I'll say it. I have John Rocker, Ooh. 
have Shannon Elkins. Okay. And I have Richard Hatch. Okay. And I think because I know I have seen on Survivor a lot of people have been very scared of his nudity, I'm going to have to choose Richard Hatch. Okay. And he's naked. Watch out. So now I'm conflicted. I have already messed up my male-female ratio. I was trying to make it even, and then I forgot. So I'm at 6-3 right now. So I am going to pick a female. And I'm between two, but I think I've... Okay, yeah, I've made my decision. So this person is another type of person who's going to cut you with their words, right? And she's a scary juror. I would not want to be in the final tribal council survivor against this person. And it doesn't help that she has a law degree meaning that she not only can use her word, not only knows how to cut you with your words, but she's going to use words that A, you don't understand, and B, she's going to make a pretty darn good argument. And that is why I picked Eliza Orleans as the final person on my scary tribe. Uh, she just, I don't know, I'm, I would not want to go in a, verbal, again, in a verbal battle against her. I feel like it would not end well for me. Yeah. Another person, if you're going with the uh, with their words, I thought of was Alicia Calloway with her scary finger wag. Yeah, that would be a very scary finger wag. The other people I had on my short list were Danielle DiLorenzo, only because of that one picture from Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. I had Russell Hance because uh, I was thinking of like scary creatures like ghosts and goblins, and I thought he was kind of a troll. <laughs> yeah, or a hobbit. Um, and then the last one was Twyla Tanner. Yeah. I had a few others that I uh, crossed off just because I didn't end up going with them. I had Russell. I had Fairplay. I even had Rupert because I thought if you uh, turned all the lights off and set his beard on fire, he would look pretty scary. <laughs> like Blackbeard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you turned all the lights off and set his beard on fire. Wow. Okay. Blackbeard tied like candles in his beard and then set them on fire. So then, <laughs> give me a history lesson here. Um, I had other people like uh, Frank from Africa, Zoe from Marquesas, <laughs> and uh, uh, Ashley uh, Masaro from China. But yeah, that would be scary. But no, all right, let's go, let's list. Both of our lists, and then uh, we can we can end the podcast. So my my scary survivor tribe is Brian Heideck, Natalie Bolton, Zane Knight, Corinne Kaplan, Abby Maria Gomez, Pete Yukowski, Rob Zabotnik, Lisa Linares, Nayanka Mixon, and Richard Hatch. Yes, and my scary survivor tribe is Shane Powers, Coach Wade, Brandon Hance, Philip Shepard. Kathy Vavrick O'Brien, Helen Glover, Eliza Orleans, Keith Famey, Trish Hagerty, and Boo Burnists, which I still think is my best pick. Yeah, much better than Keith Famey. <laughs> Were you just sad that you couldn't get him on a list recently? So you're like, here, I'll put him on this one. <laughs> I was just thinking, like... Not eating would be scary. Okay. And eating bad stuff would be scary. I don't know. 
So uh, let us know what you guys think. Who has the scarier Survivor tribe? And who uh, who did we not put on either of our tribes that you think is should be a, is a very scary Survivor? Let us know. You can do that by checking out our Survivor uh, group, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, or our Survivor website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. And if you are of the iTunes persuasion, make sure you hit subscribe if you Google David and Jeff Survivor Podcast. The podcast shows up on your computer every week. You don't have to do anything. We just show up. It's great. True. Well, I uh, don't think I have anything else, do you? I do not. Well, then, until next time, we should be back here next week talking about the merge and all the craziness that entails. So, uh, until then, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Goodbye. Bye.